Welcome back to the Rob Skinner Podcast. My goal is to inspire you to live a no regrets life, make this life count, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. On July 17th, I put on a webinar for small church leaders called Keeping Your Head in All Situations. This is from the scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5. And the theme is how to make the most of difficult situations. This webinar was a follow-up to the Look Up Small Church Leaders Conference that we held in May of 2019 in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. I was on a call with Glenn Petruzzi one day, and he leads a church in Portland, Maine, and he suggested that I organize a monthly webinar to help strengthen small church and ministry leaders until we can meet back together again for another live conference. We were hoping to do that in early 2021, but depending on how COVID turns out, we'll have to see whether it'll be then or later in the year. Whether you're a small church leader or not, I believe the principles that I'm talking about today can help you to grow in your leadership during times of uncertainty. This is a unique time and a challenging one for spiritual leadership. Our schedule and our rhythms disrupted. Our, uncertain, our future is uncertain. We're limited in our personal contact. We're very dependent on technology more than at any time in the past. Not to mention there's unlimited temptations. So what's needed now? Let's take a look in 2 Timothy 4, verse 5. But you keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. Paul was in prison and near death when he wrote this. His advice Protect your mindset and your thinking in all situations. Don't freak out and go to extremes. Now, when he wrote this, he was in prison. He was going through a challenging situation. He had a sense that his life was soon to be over. He intimates it in, in the chapters that he's, his life is almost over. This is considered his swan song, his final letter. So your state of mind is the most important component to doing well during this time. So how can we do that? How can we keep our head in all situations? Here are five things to be doing to keep your head during the COVID pandemic. You need to, number one, have a learning mind. You need a learning mind. Keep in mind, if you email me, I'd be glad to send you out the notes for this program my email is rob at tucsonchurchofchrist.org, and I'll say that again later. But you need a learning mind. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. Paul says, Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. He says, train yourself. Now keep in mind, Paul couldn't email Timothy. He couldn't call him. He couldn't text him. All he had was this letter. And so because of the limited contact, he said, listen, Timothy, you've got to shoulder the burden to train yourself to be godly. You've got to grow up spiritually and put yourself into godly training. Right now, we have a huge need to learn technical skills. I think that's where it's got to start right now, learning technical skills. During major upheavals, those who commit to learning and growth do well. If you've ever read any major biographies of of 
magnets in their field, people who've really made a huge difference, oftentimes they began their career during a time of a major disruption. Andrew Carnegie, the steel baron, the one who started U.S. Steel, started in the late six in the late 1800s. He started as a telegraph operator. Now, at that time, the telegraph was new technology, but he learned to master it and then gradually developed his skills and abilities and grew up to become uh, a powerful CEO of a massive, massive corporation. But it was time, during a time of disruptions, right, right around the Civil War time, major disruption. Bill Gates, right at the beginning of the computer revolution in the 60s, Bill had access to computers at his high school lab. And he would slip in there. He'd actually kind of just sneak into the computer lab and learned how to do it when he was in his teens. But it was a time of technological disruption. Steve Jobs, same thing. In the 70s, he started Apple Corporation in his garage. Now, all these people have something in common. During a time of major change or disruption, that's also an incredible opportunity to learn and master new technology and new skills. So you can't be passive. You've got to be actively learning right now new technologies and ways of leading during this time. What am I talking about? Communication. I'm sure that like like me, uh, many of you probably were not active using Zoom six months ago, but all of a sudden uh, I'm going to Zoom you or let's set up a Zoom call. It's become common parlance. It's it's nothing out of the ordinary, but you've got to learn new ways of communication. How about video production? You need to view yourself as a learner so that when the time comes, you'll be ready. One of the biggest mistakes we can make is to pigeonhole ourselves and say, oh, I'm too old, or I'm not good at technology, or I don't like that stuff, or it's too boring. When you're tempted to say those things to yourself, you've got to force yourself to be patient and learn. What does the Bible say? In Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 10, if the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. Listen, if your axe is dull, if your edge needs sharpening, if you feel like, hey, I'm not that great at it, it just says, listen, skill will bring success. More strength is needed. You're going to have to be patient and learn what you need. you got to sharpen that blade. So practically speaking, don't offload every technical issue. You need to view it as an opportunity to grow and to learn. Now, I'm not saying you're going to do every single technical thing that's going on. Maybe you're leading a, a larger ministry and you're like, I can't do all of that stuff. I understand that. But what I'm saying is that you need to at least go and get to be hobby level skilled. You don't have to be you don't have to become a uh, a video or audio production professional, but you can definitely become good enough to be conversant and to understand what's happening. Maybe you need to be better at social media or Twitter or at Instagram. But you can learn the basics even even if you're in your 60s or in your 70s or or whatever. Don't offload those issues. One of the things that I've had to learn recently is uh, publishing books. I've, I just wrote my second book this summer. And last year, in May of 2019, I really didn't know how to do it. And I was public, trying to come out with my first book, How to Plant and Grow a Church. And I got help from a good friend of mine named Joel Nagel. He was interviewed in one of my podcasts. 
And Joel helped walk me through the process of self-publishing that book using KDP on Amazon. Well, when my second book came around, I could have called Joel again, and I'm sure he would have helped me. He's a very, very helpful and kind person. But I thought, okay, Rob, you need to be patient and figure out how to do this on your own. Well, I did. I figured out how to, to um, hire people through Fiverr to do some of the grammar work and the formatting and the covers. And then I just had to very patiently work and figure out the process of getting that book self-published. And I forced myself not to call Joel, do it myself. Now, now I feel comfort- comfortable and confident with the process. And I'm, it gives me confidence. Okay, I can do that. I, I am a publisher. I can do that kind of stuff now. Write down what you need to learn right now. Okay, that's that's not just a rhetorical question. I'd like you just to take a second. If you have to pause this, that's fine. Write down what you need to learn right now. What area do you feel uncomfortable with? Where you feel like, ooh, I, I don't know how to do that. Okay, write it down. And here's a practical challenge. Tonight, when you get back to your desk or tomorrow morning, pull out your computer, go to YouTube, and watch a video. How do I learn blank? How do you do this? There are so many incredible videos that can help you to learn the skills that you need to. Sometimes just Googling it, looking up one video can get you over that mental hump to start learning the skill you need to learn. Where else do you need to learn? You need to learn from others. Other people are growing during this time. Now, you may feel challenged. You feel like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm just doing terrible. Listen, other people are working through the same challenges you're facing. But our fear and insecurity keeps us captive. We feel, oh my gosh, I'm doing terrible. My ministry's not doing good. You know, my people are struggling. And then what happens is we go, but it seems like everyone else is doing awesome. Listen, others are facing the same challenges. Don't give in to that kind of uh, satanic talk that, that he places in your mind. Recently, I, I took a trip and visited Reno, Nevada. And actually, I was on my way to, to visit my 96-year-old mother. And on the way, I stopped and called the church leader there, Kai Foster. Now, Kai and his wife, BJ, started leading that church two years ago. The Reno, Nevada church has been struggling for, I would probably say, years, if not decades. It's It's 20, 30, it's been the sick man of, of our family of churches for a long time. Had a whole bunch of different leaders. Well, Kai and BJ went there two years ago, and starting with 28 disciples, they've gone way over 50. They've almost doubled the church in two years. Well, I just started asking them what they're doing, and they're doing some pretty encouraging things. But just by asking those questions, you can learn what you need to learn. Stay connected and take time to reach out and learn from other people. Make calls. Just call people. People are, people are so willing to help. Just say, hey, what's working in your ministry? And then share about what's working in your ministry. I'm sure that there's one or two things that are going well. Probably got some areas that you're, you're concerned about, but there's probably some bright spots. And so you got to keep those in mind and share that with those other people. And through that, we're going to grow and we're going to learn. Another thing I'd encourage you to do is to listen to the Rob Skinner podcast. I know that's a shameless uh, self-promotion, but one of the reasons why I wanted to start the podcast is I wanted to learn from other people, and boy, have I learned. You know, my 
talks with Sean Wooten and so many other leaders, I go, I'm learning. It helps me. It helps, it helps me to measure how I'm doing. And I go, okay, I could do that. I could implement that in my life. And those kind of learning opportunities should not be missed. And you can, you can get that simply by listening to what other aggressive leaders are doing around the world. Besides having a learning mind, you need to have a focused mind. What is your job if you're a leader? In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5, let's go back to it. Let's read it from a different, slightly different translation, the New Living Translation. But you should keep a clear mind in every situation. Don't be afraid of suffering for the Lord. Work at telling others the good news and fully carry out the ministry God has given you. Paul says, work at telling others the good news and fully, out, fully carry out the ministry God has given you. If you're a leader, if you're a godly leader, whether it's a small group leader, a Bible talk, whether it's a large church or a small church, you won't be happy unless you're involved in helping individuals become Christians. Okay, if you felt restless, anxious, troubled during this time, I can tell you one thing that will help you to settle down in your mind, and that is get involved with individuals and study the Bible with them. Because that's what you're built for. That's that's the ministry God gave you, and you need to fully carry it out. And sometimes what happens during the COVID is, And I've noticed this myself. You get so busy doing different things, getting involved in production and all sorts of different things. You're not doing what you enjoy doing the most, which is saving souls. So call a friend this week and have lunch. Start an online Bible talk. You know, recently I just had to go, okay, who can I talk to? I called this person, a friend of mine that I'd been reaching out to for a long time prior to this. But I'd lost touch through the coronavirus. And I said, hey, can I take you out for lunch? And so we put on our masks and went out for lunch. Had an awesome time. And what was so great about it is at the end of the talk, he goes, would you mind if we started meeting together every single week? And I go, absolutely. I really appreciate our friendship. And, you know, that's that's the start. And I really, he's the same age as I am. He's a professional. I go, man, this is the person I want to help to teach about Jesus Christ. And get out there. It, it encouraged me. It fired me up. You know, tonight after this podcast, I've got another Bible study, 5 o'clock. And I go, man, it's, it's encouraging to know. It just feels right. So don't, don't just get involved personally, though. Identify growth centers in your ministry. So once you've established personal studies, there are bright spots in your ministry. Pour resources into them. One of the things here in Tucson that's been encouraging is we have an air base called Davis Monthan Air Force Base, smack dab right in the middle of town. The, the planes fly right over the center of the city. And we have a young man named Justin Wood and his wife, Brittany, they moved here. And then another couple that they converted, Seth and Michaela uh, Buchanan. And then another couple just moved in. And I go, okay, I can see that God is doing something. And it reminds me of some mis- ministries from when I used to live in Japan where a guy, an individual would grow and blow up the base. And I mean, it'd be like 30 disciples. And that happened both in Misawa and also Okinawa, Japan. But I think that's a growth center. And I want to continue to pour time and energy into raising up that group because that could be like a small church within a church. And so I'm, I'm encouraging them. I'm working with them. I'm talking to them. I'm trying to put other people into that situation. They just baptized a couple this summer. They're growing. 
Another area, a bright spot in our church is our hope. Uh, we've got a young man named Daniel DiCochea, and he's a go-getter. He's 25 years old. He donated $40,000 of his own money to start a project to make shields, face shields, uh, as personal protective equipment during the COVID crisis. The, it was so successful that Pima County, our local county that we're a part of, hired him to produce a mass. And he produced, through the volunteer work of disciples here in the church, 30,000 face masks starting in March. And it was a total success. And what was so awesome about it is that my son, James, he invited people from his work, brought out the, the CFO, the um, chief financial officer of Raytheon Corporation. They came out with a large contingent of his company and helped build those masks. I mean, it, it got on TV. It was awesome. And it encouraged the entire church as a result. So find out, are you, are you involved in the mission? Are you focused on the mission? When things are going crazy, get back to the bread and butter. What makes you fired up? And get doing it. Do the full ministry God's calling you to. Third thing, a loving mind. 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 5. 1 Timothy 3 verse, uh, 1 Timothy 3 verse, uh, I'm sorry. 1 Timothy says, command certain people not to teach false doctrines any longer. This is 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3 through 5, sorry. Or to devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. Such things promote controversial speculations rather than advancing, advancing God's work. Which is by faith. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Okay, let's concentrate on that last scripture. The goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. Satan is working hard right now to dampen your love for people. How? Distraction, controversy, empty discussions, and sin. I want to ask you, have you ever watched the news, whether online, on your computer, or TV, and literally felt physically and emotionally down, where you just felt it in your body like, oh man, I just feel really crummy right now. It happens to me all the time. I mean, I, I just watch it and I go, ooh, it's, it, you know, it's like, it's like watching a car wreck as you drive by. You just, you can't help but look, but you also feel really down at the same time. That's what it's like watching the news. I mean, just constant arguing between all sorts of different issues, whether it's political or racial issues, all sorts of stuff going on. And it gets your adrenaline pumping, gets you pumping, and gets you upset inside. Have you ever had a conversation that went south when you're trying to talk about a political issue or a social issue? Man, it makes you feel crummy. Or have you ever fallen into a sin that left you ashamed and weakened? I mean, you literally feel weaker physically and spiritually. You're, you're not fired up. Maybe you did it right before you went to a meeting of the body or you had to speak or had an online meeting. It affects you. This is where you've got to disconnect from the world and its grip on your mind. That's what Paul says. He says, listen, such things promote controversial speculations rather than advancing God's work, which is by faith. He says, teach people not to do those things. Okay, and the impact is it, it really wrecks your love. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, let's not conform to the pattern of this world, okay? But let's allow God 
to transform our minds, renew our minds, okay? We can't be a slave to what this world is trying to squeeze us into. So here's my practical for you. Disconnect from the news. Disconnect from the news. One thing I did is on my phone, I had a couple um, apps, you know, icons for, for news outlets and for Twitter. I just removed them because I'd gotten in the habit of just checking the news throughout the day. Every time I did that, almost invariably, they always put the things that are the most, most controversial, the most intense, and it's meant to stir you up emotionally. So just disconnect and guess what? All of a sudden, I'm, I'm connecting less and less to that. And you know what? I haven't missed a thing. If anything's truly important, someone's going to tell you. They'll, they'll come up and say, hey, have you heard so-and-so? And you're like, oh, I haven't. And that's all you need to know. You realize so much of what you're feeding yourself, you don't even need to know. It doesn't help you at all. Another thing, don't turn towards alcohol, okay? Alcohol consumption has gone way up during this time, and I would guess, although I don't know, I have no verifiable proof, that it's also gone up in the Christian home because it's so tempting to turn towards alcohol to give you that sense of peace and the sense of well-being that it's, it's kind of a shortcut, so be careful. Are you starting to drink every day? Are you starting to turn toward it? Is it become a habit? Of course, it's it's not a sin to have a drink. I'm not saying that it's 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 bad or that you're evil, but be careful because it can be a trap. What else? Limit what your eyes see. Put yourself on a visual diet. Why? Because if we want to grow in love and depth of spirituality, we've got to guard our hearts more. More than ever. And that's where the power of the scripture here in 1 Timothy 1, verse 3, he gives the origin of where love comes from. He says, it comes from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. If your conscience is not good, if it's troubled, if your heart is not pure, if it's if it's murky and muddy from sin, whether it's sexual sin or greed or anger, and if your faith is troubled, you will not be able to love people you will not be able to give. And if you're struggling and going, I wish I could be more loving, I would ask you to take a look at the environment that your heart lives in. Is it pure? Is your conscience good? Do you have sincere faith? You've got to foster an environment that produces a loving heart. Okay, fourth point, an expansive mind. Ephesians chapter 3, Ephesians 3 verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Paul shares here that he's able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that's at work within us. Isn't that amazing to think about? Whatever you can imagine or dream, God's able to do infinitely more than your wildest dream. Now, Paul, again, he wrote this in jail. The Ephesians is one of the prison letters. And even though he's restrained physically, mentally, his mind is free, expansive. He's dreaming, and he says, God is able to do so much more than we can even imagine. It's very important during this time to not allow your quarantine, your restriction, the, your circumstance to trap your mind. Now, your body may be limited. Your contact might be limited, but your mind has got to be free 
I think about Elon Musk. Elon Musk is the founder of SpaceX. He was an original founder of PayPal. He sold that company for $160 million and he, he got a dream. Hey, I want to go, to go to Mars. And he thought about it and he said, listen, I think we could do it. Now, NASA, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration in, in the U.S., said, basically, it's too expensive to go to Mars. I mean, it's billions of dollars for each shot just to get a rocket up. Well, he thought, listen, because of Moore's Law, Moore's Law states that the power of computing is doubling every single year, and the price is declining at the same time. We should be able to get the computing power we need for a lot cheaper. And so he, he went about it, and through his work and his mind, he, he bought some books on, on rocketry and became one of the foremost experts in his field. And that ties back to training yourself. I mean, he just bought like five books. He asked all the top rocketry experts in the world to either advise him or to work for him. And so he learned from them. And now all of a sudden, he's the, he is the expert in the field. And through that, he, he started launching rockets. He failed five or six times, but then he was successful. And now the government and other governments throughout the world are hiring his company to launch satellites. He's well on his way toward his dream of getting a manned colony to Mars. Now, I, I don't want to go to Mars. That is no attraction to me. But what I find so powerful is the expansive mind, the mind that says, listen, it's a truism in this world that, hey, space, space exploration is just too expensive. We can't do it. It's not going to happen. He thought differently. He has what I would call a 10 times mindset that is just like, okay, we can do so much more. Now, his, the price, the cost of his launches are so much cheaper. They're like 5% of what uh, other companies were offering, offering NASA at the same time. He's reduced the price. He's, he's coming up with ways to recover the booster rockets. I mean, it's really amazing what he's done. Henry Ford, founder of the Model T and the Ford Company. You know, at the end of the 1800s, if you wanted to increase the speed of traffic, you had to figure out, okay, how can I get a faster horse? How can I breed a faster thoroughbred? He thought differently. He said, okay, how can we make it a lot faster? And so that's when he came up with the, the Model T and then, of course, the Ford Motor Company. And here's my practical for you is don't settle for 10% thinking when God can give 10 times. Right during this time when things are really crazy, you need to let your mind go free and use this as an opportunity to see our kingdom grow 10 times as much. For many of us, if you're leading a church, you're like, you're happy if your church grows 10% or even 6% or 3%. I've seen leaders like, oh, well, we grew 3%. At least, at least it's going in the right direction. I go, okay, do you believe that's, that's God's ultimate dream? No. I don't think 3% or even 10% is the limit of what God is able to do. How about 10 times? Wouldn't that be awesome? That's the way we need to think. Because when you think 10 times, when you think immeasurably more, all of a sudden more ideas will come to you and you will start having breakthroughs. Wouldn't it be awesome to see our family of churches grow from 
around 100,000 disciples to 1 million disciples in the next 20 years. I remember at the 2016 REACH conference, Sean Wooten got up and talked about that. And it inspired me because I thought that would be awesome. That fires me up. But that's 10 times thinking. Now, Sean is planting a church in Budapest, Hungary. He's, he's putting into motion a plan to experiment and see how can we do 10 times more. But this is a great time for experimentation. We're in an era of, era of uncertainty, and over time, winning ideas will surface. They absolutely will surface. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, in verse 7, it says, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. Paul didn't have it all together. There are many times when he didn't know what to do. He says, I'm, I'm hard-pressed, I'm crushed, uh, I'm persecuted, I'm struck down. He, there are many times that he faced exactly what you're facing in terms of the mindset. Like, I'm totally perplexed. I don't even know where to go for. What's church going to look like? You know, when he got thrown into jail, I, I'm sure he was like, how's this part of God's plan? But when you're in those times, you have to feel your way or experiment as you move forward because it's a time when God is going to show his power is greater than our wisdom. We're just jars of clay. But through this time of uncertainty, he's going to shine the light forward. And we've got to allow that, okay, we're, we're being humble, but he has a plan that we're not aware of. For example, the early car industry, the U.S. car industry, was flooded with car companies. I mean, it, it had hundreds and hundreds of mom-and-pop shops where people were constructing cars. The names of those, those early companies are so numerous. But it eventually consolidated to the big three, Ford, Chrysler, and GM, General Motors. And in the same way, this is one of those times where there's a lot of different ideas that are going to flood around about church growth and ministry growth. And we've got to be trying a whole bunch of different things. In time, we're going to come back to a new normal. Ideas will kind of, will get back into a, a pattern probably where it, it's more generalized. But right now is a time for experimentation. And that's what, exactly what I'm trying to do in the church here in Tucson is I'm trying some things that maybe I've never done before. Like, for instance, I've hired a new intern. His name is Dom Munson. And what I'm trying to do is to spend an hour a day with him. And this is something I learned from Master Plan of Evangelism that I've always paid lip service to. But I thought, okay, you know what? I've got the time right now. I'm going to put extra time into really deep discipling of this young man. And it's paying off. And I go, okay, I'm just going to try it, see what happens. Could he become an evangelist in a year? I don't know. Be awesome. I'm going to shoot for it. Will it happen? I don't know. But I do know this. If I give him an hour a day for a whole year, he's going to be way ahead of where I was doing before. You know, I started this podcast. This is, I just thought, okay, I'm going to try this podcast. I want to learn from other people, and I want to be able to share that learning with other people around the world to help small church leaders and small ministers and young people that want to make a difference with their lives. It's just an experiment. We'll see where it goes. Making those shields. Um, you know, in 2003, there was a major disruption in our churches. And it was at that time when I decided to plant a church in my hometown. 
because it was so wild and uncontrolled and unorganized, I thought, okay, there's no one to tell me no to plant this church. And so it gave me the freedom to try something new. So I'd like you to, to not just gripe and complain about the situation, but look for the opportunity during this time to try new things to advance the kingdom of God. Fifth point, spiritual mind. Mark chapter 9, verse 28. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, this kind can only come out by prayer. Or the footnote says, by prayer and fasting. One of my interviews was with Sean Wooten in Kiev, Ukraine. He started sharing about his prayer and fasting life. And I mean, I was just blown away because he shares, for, you know, he shared that he fasts for 10 days, 7 days, 3 days, 40 days, um, you know, almost half a year. I mean, just crazy, crazy. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I was so convicted. But what I did is after that call, I decided to imitate. And I thought, when's the last time I really had a longer fast? Now, I've, I've fasted for a day or, or a couple days. I've done a Daniel fast fairly recently, but I just decided, okay, I'm going to do a water and coffee only fast for seven days. I'll tell you what, it really made a difference. It helped me spiritually. It gave me so much focus and a major step forward for our church because four men uh, started to surface who wanted to become Christians this summer. Now, two have already gotten baptized and we're working on two more, but I would encourage you to to use this time to dig deeper spiritually, to get deeper, put the time into to prayer, to fasting. I read a great book recently called Miracle Morning, and I developed a, a great morning routine that I'm so pumped up about. I mean, I'm just, and I'm just trying to do it for 100 days. I'll get up at 5.30. I've got just this morning ritual I follow, and I, by the time I'm around 8 o'clock, I am like pumped up spiritually. I am ready to go after it. So there are some things you can do to really help you to grow during this time. I just want to say thank you so much for for joining this podcast and this webinar. I hope it helped you. Please let me know if you need any more resources, sermon, class notes, or help of any kind. I'd be so glad to help you. You can reach me here at rob at tucsonchurchofchrist.org. That's T-U-C-S-O-N. Churchofchrist.org, um, or you can you can go to robskinner.com, or you can just check out my podcast, the Rob Skinner Podcast, on Apple or Spotify. You know, t- I really appreciate you listening, and it's been so gratifying to hear from you that this is helping you. I mean, it, it means the world to me to know that I can help other people around the world. I just that just fills me with incredible joy. So if you've enjoyed the program today, the webinar, I'd like to ask you to share it with your friends, share with your family, and subscribe to the podcast. My goal is to inspire you to live a no to live to make this life count, live a no regrets life, multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Have a great day and make this life count.